Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the TLGE Network podcast. I'm your host, Gordon Stewart. I am so excited to get to our conversation this week with our guest, TJ Marler. I mentioned him in a previous episode called Human Beings, Not Human Doings. And I finally get to share with you what a conversation looks like on a weekly basis with TJ and I. In this episode, you're going to hear about the power of marriage and real love. You're going to hear about our conversations around the Holy Spirit and where our journeys have led us around who the Holy Spirit is. And we're going to talk about just the vulnerability of the journey of the destiny ahead of us and some of the unknowns that we experience waiting on God. And I am so excited for you to get to listen in and be encouraged and equipped and challenged. So without further ado, here's my conversation with TJ Marler. All right, TJ, we are live in your office and um, we're going to jump right in. So as I mentioned, we've already introduced you a little bit on a previous podcast in the human beings, not human doings. And if you want to check that out and hear how TJ and I know each other, Feel free to look back on that, but I got TJ in his office, and it is late, and we have had long days, and yet here we are. And so, TJ, uh, in uh, in just uh, however long you want to take, you want to just introduce yourself to the audience here and uh, tell us about a little bit about where you've been and what you're doing in life now. Yeah, for sure. Um, I am <clears throat> from uh, Wichita, Kansas, and... Uh, grew up there, was there for, oh, 18 years. Um, I decided in, there's a lot to my story. Um, I had a little brother who passed away when I was 10. Um, that same year, my parents got a divorce, a pretty ugly divorce. Um, and it was just, it was one of those moments where I could have gone down a really dark road uh, pretty easily, but whatever it was, uh, foundation in church, um, there was a a protection over me where I was able to lean in rather than running. Um, And it was really a beautiful thing. Uh, I, I, Gave my life to Christ later that year. Um, as soon as I was, I well, I was a sixth grader, wow. so about a year later, I guess. And uh, about a year later, I actually decided to be a youth pastor. Um, felt mm-hmm. felt like God was calling me to do that. So um, from that moment, it was really just a seeking of that um, in my adolescence and and whatever that looked like. And um, I I grew up in the church. I grew up. Um, teaching, preaching, wow. leading in a lot of ways. Um, I in, As soon as I got into high school, um, I was a big part of the student leadership in my youth ministry that mm. um, ended up starting uh, a youth service at our church. And it was, it was a pretty vital time in my life just to be a part of that. It was almost like church planning on a really mini scale, um, which was really interesting to be a part of. Right. Uh, really cool to be a part of because not many are able to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, then kind of the classic thing, I met a girl, right? I um, There were a lot of things that uh, kind of led to that, led to 
that road um, that I ended up going down over the next, it feels like a long time, but really it was about eight months. <laughs> and uh, so my senior year graduating and all of that, I had been leading and doing all of this for, for years and years and just got caught up, got um, got just living a life that I wasn't proud of and I knew it. And um, God just had had a hold of me in a way I didn't realize. And uh, I was able to kind of wake up, literally wake up one Saturday morning hungover. Wow. Um, and just like, what the heck am I doing with my life yeah. type of question as an 18-year-old kid, like it, it, which is another question that a lot of 18-year-olds don't necessarily ask. Right which was just a, it's a testimony to where God was and how he moved. And, um, so I ended up in a matter of a couple weeks to save the really long story of it. Um, in a matter of a couple weeks, I was at Christian college, moving in with friends, playing baseball. Um, so it was a huge transition of life wow. from partying every weekend and, um, all of that to, uh, small town, private Christian college. Uh, and <clears throat> I, uh, always knew, I mean, f- especially from that point that I was called to be a youth pastor. Um, that was my degree. Mm-hmm. It's what I studied. I did that for, I was, ended up being in college for six years, wow. um, at Manhattan Christian college in Kansas. And it was a really, I don't know, there were ups and downs all along the way, don't get me wrong, but um, I was I struggled. I For whatever reason, at the end of college, it, I, it was these jobs that I thought I was meant for, that I thought God had called me to, weren't happening. Yeah. Um, so I ended up in, like, interim positions. I ended up in high-capacity volunteer positions, uh, just helping youth groups, uh, mentoring youth pastors from a volunteer standpoint. (laughs) It was really interesting. But I was doing these things and uh, ended up leading at camps with my wife and and all of this this stuff, but I was never the guy. And and I struggled with that. And I didn't know, I didn't really understand why. Um, I was doing a lot at that time, kind of in the beginning, this would have been back in like 14, 15, 2014, 15. I ended up in a coffee shop, um, actually two coffee shops. <laughs> I was I was at a Starbucks and I was at like a really high-end like craft coffee shop wow. simultaneously. Um, and it was really, really an awesome experience. It it grew me in a way one of the one of the greatest quotes I I took from that situation specifically because naturally I was I was drawn to like the more passionate craft style coffee um, rather than like the high fast paced Starbucks fast food coffee and I um, was talking to the owner of the the craft style coffee shop and I was like, how do you, how do I do this? The Starbucks and Octane was the name of the coffee shop. How do I balance both of them? I'm juggling these two schedules and how do I not lean toward Octane when that's what I'm more passionate about? And it was really cool 
he turned to me and said, he said, uh, rising tide raises all ships. Learn from them. And we'll take what they can give and we'll give what we can give. Hmm. And that was, that was a huge moment to, to like realize that there wasn't like a competition almost there for me. Um, I think from that season, that was probably the biggest nugget, um, that I was able to take from that and, and go on. Um, I, at this time, uh, I, we were in West Virginia. Uh, this is uh, crazy. We're from the Midwest, but we were out in West Virginia for my wife's master's degree. And so I was, I was doing those, ended up, coffee shops kind of went away. I ended up in a, part-time youth ministry gig along with um furniture sales never never saw myself doing that but it was a really awesome Mm. um christian family ran furniture store cool um and i was apparently really good at it um (laughs) (laughs) it was one of those things where i never thought i'd be in sales never really didn't like sales Um, but it was, what I began to realize was it was just giving people something that they wanted. Yeah. Selling is serving. And so I I loved it. I (laughs) fell in love with it from that point when I, when I learned that it was a service and it didn't really, it wasn't that like sleazy sales that, that I was a part of that I had like remembered, I guess. Um, so I grew in that. I grew, learned how to talk to people, learned how to, um, really bring out what they really wanted. Yes. Um, which was really cool. Uh, just being able to talk to people and get to know them on a level that really served them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, then came time to come back to the Midwest after my wife graduated and we were looking to get back closer to home. We had a daughter at this point. Yes. Um, and we found Sioux Falls, which was, wow. Uh, we had never been in Sioux Falls before. Uh, I think Carissa had driven through it one time. Yeah. Um, I had never been this far north, um, which was kind of crazy. But uh, yeah, it kind of it really became God ordained really quick. Just how how fast it happened, how clear it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up getting a job in car sales, mm-hmm. um, and. It was every bit of the sleazy car sales that I thought it would be. <laughs> I struggled with it. Um, I was there for three months, but I <clears throat> I was able to really narrow in on on what I was called to do. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I knew that I was to serve. Hmm. I thought that that's what this would be, and it wasn't, and that was okay. It was a learning experience, and I moved on. Yeah. Um, and through uh, there was one other sales, small sales job that didn't really. It was another three month thing. Uh, then I ended up finding Select Painting, mm. uh, through a coffee shop, which was <laughs> really kind of crazy. Cool story. Um, we were at a latte art competition. Wow. And uh, I met the owner, Nate. at select and uh i actually coached him on how to pour latte art and he took second place in the competition 
And it was so cool. Did Such you coach a, the first place person too? No, no. <laughs> but but I coached the guy that lost to the winner, there right? You go. The, there so you go. um but it created this like friendship. I mean, I was just able but through my sales role, I was able to talk to these random people and yeah. create these conversations. Um and within a couple of weeks I was painting at Select Painting. Wow. Which was crazy. I, my dad's a painter. Yes. Um, and I never saw myself following in my dad's footsteps, which was kind of crazy. It, <laughs> I, I was like, well, I'm experienced. I know how to do it. Cause my dad had done it and I'd been with him and done it all my life really. Wow. Um, but there was this thing that kind of stuck out when I was, con- when I was having the conversation with Nate about going to select, it was more, a conversation about God than it was the business, right. um, which was such a refresher because through all of this time, I was still struggling with this whole thing of like, how am I supposed to be a youth pastor outside of the church yeah. and, and what do I do next? And um, so my, my time at Select was so cool. Um, I was able to hone in on uh, purpose a why um simon sinek is like a god at select painting um and uh he's a great dude he has a lot of awesome thoughts and and teachings and um i just remember i i remember talking to nate and he was talking about the book start with why or something like that i think is the title of the book and so i read it and um it was it was so interesting to like step into okay well what is my why why am i i remember sitting down it's like painting people will love this but augie good old august uh he did these one-on-ones where he would like dig at what is your why why are you getting up at 7.30 in the morning, going to this job site and painting all day. Yeah. What What's your purpose? What are you doing here? And he'd ask us every time he saw us. Yeah. And it, like, after, after, like, the repetition was good, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, the more and more, like, at first, it's like paycheck. Yeah. That's why I'm here. Yeah. It's a paycheck. Yeah. And, like, as we repeated it it got old right it's like it's not it's not that's not why i'm really here Mm -hmm. i and as i was able to hone in what it was there was a realization to me that it was really i'm here to glorify god and i'm here to do that in whatever i'm doing so it doesn't matter what i'm doing and that was a huge step for me um because i was able to do what i was called to do Without having that title of youth pastor, yeah. can gonna... you tie that into uh, the, the the ideas you've shared with me in the past about the season of preparation? And is this when you started to use that language, um, hmm. or when, or when did that language or that kind of clarity on this was that season for me, and I'm and I'm okay with that? When did that start? Yeah, I actually think it goes a lot further back than that, which is really crazy. Um, But it was that like it was that background, that foundation that I had. 
So I, I knew the stories of David. I knew the stories like Jesus didn't start doing ministry until he was 30. Yeah. And kind of crazy story, but it, David was the same way. He didn't start doing, he wasn't, he didn't step into being a king yeah. until he was 30 years old. Yeah. Wow. And yet he was anointed when he was like, younger. well, younger. Uh, yeah, yeah, way younger. Yeah. Um, so he had this time of waiting. And I remember real like having that realization not applying it to myself but having that realization probably back in high school be like there was a season of preparation there for these guys and as I struggled like I even remember very vividly like out of high school I wanted to go into youth ministry immediately Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go to college I thought I had it figured out right and I was like I could do this I don't need to spend one hundred fifty thousand dollars to to just go in debt and do it later, you know? And um, there was just a maturing that had to happen, obviously. I mean, just in that statement, there's so much brokenness. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) I, like, I just had that process, right? I had to get there. And um, I I was just telling you this, but it was so cool even to think about, like, David here, my uh, our daughter's two and a half years old and we have a little picture storybook bible and i was reading just last night um and it said that david waited nine years after being anointed before he was king crowned king it's like man that's so crazy and here i am uh it's skip a little bit of the story but here i am we're sitting in our office at the church (laughs) and i'm a full-time youth pastor and it's kind of just like it's just interesting. It's interesting how God works and, and what it looks like and how we don't get it in the time. And it's like, it's frustrating. It's difficult. It's just almost like mesmerizing. Like how we feel like we're meant to do something so much, yet we're not doing it for whatever reason. Yet that's not God's actual call on us. And and seeking that with all we have. Um so as we start to kind of tail into um, some some impactful parts of of your story and uh, kind of start to process through some of those things, is there is there any um, kind of things on your heart or any thoughts kind of um, in kind of getting us to like where you are right now? Anything that we've missed um, that you'd want to highlight, like significance of your story that we haven't like really focused on before we start into the next part not not really i think there's the the one thing i didn't really mention a lot of was carissa my wife which um she has played such a major role in this Mm -hmm. like maturing and understanding that like a big part of it was ministry can be done outside of the church yeah that's not a real rule. That's kind of the things that she, like, those are her yeah. um, to the core. And uh, so she was able to stretch me in that. She was able to help me to to realize when I wasn't finding that youth ministry position that I oh so longed for, yeah. that it was okay. Yeah. And that we could figure it out and, and see what God has in store. Yeah. And that was actually a part of yes. his plan all along. Yeah. Um, which was difficult conversation after difficult conversation because <laughs> how bullheaded I was. And I was like, no, 
I'm supposed to be right. behind the pulpit at right. a church. Right. And that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And that's that's not always how God works. Mm. So that's a big piece of the story that, that didn't necessarily play a part earlier, but um, was definitely a huge part coming out of college. Yeah. Um, and I can recall um, just in the testimony you shared with me driving to the lake um, this last year, um, you very clearly communicated in about an hour of our conversation how pivotal uh, Carissa um, led you in some ways, um, guided you, directed you, uh, you know, put really clear like boundaries, like you need to talk to this person, you, I need mm-hmm. you to do this, I need you to do this, to really yeah. love you well, yeah. honor you, but also communicate yeah. assertively what she needed for, for you to get through that season of, of bullheadedness um, but she loved you really well from what I remember is you man just, you, she you did such a good job yeah and her. and I can like I can play into that a little bit it's a beautiful thing so I mean she uh, there were times where I thought our marriage was at its end Wow. to be honest I mean uh, our time in West Virginia was extremely difficult uh, me working at one time four jobs yeah and her going to school, trying to figure all this out together. Wow. We got married after six months. Come on. Um, I know how it is. And it was, so it was quick. Yeah. And then we decided to move across country for no apparent reason. My <laughs> was, wife and I did similar things. Just crazy stuff. And I was, I had a lot of growing to do. I had a lot of learning to do. Mm-hmm. And it's not the wife's role to lead in that way to mentor yeah. the husband yeah. and that was what i put her in wow. and uh she did it so beautifully wow. and i didn't think that mm. but like the time in particular i think you're talking about there was a time where it came to a point where it was like if you don't talk to somebody you need to start looking for somewhere to live right and it it was that serious. And you had some significant men in your life mm-hmm. who she trusted and she suggested strongly. I yeah. need you to call yep. these people. When are you going to call them? Et yeah. And uh, I thought it was, I thought it was like hell on earth. Right. <laughs> I was like, what is this? What is this girl doing to my life? <laughs> and I remember the first meeting with this counselor, um, and I, I actually, this is how bad, and this is not on her at all. Yeah. This was how she needed to love me. Yeah. Um, she had me write out a contract. Yes, I remember. You told me. And so I write out this contract of what I'm agreeing to, yeah. and I take it to my first meeting with this counselor. Yeah. And I was like, this is, I, can you sign this for yeah. my wife? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and does she know the next part of the story? She does, and okay, it's good. such an awesome part. Okay, uh, <laughs> he looked at me in the eyes, and uh, he took that. He took the contract yeah. that I had written out, yeah. and well, Carissa and I had written out. Yeah, and he ripped it in half. Right, and he said, "I'm, I'm not here for what your wife wants. I'm not here for what you want. I'm here for what God wants." Wow. 
and I'm going to poke your buttons. And this this season, however long you decide to meet with me, um, it's going to be hard. And it was. It was very hard. Uh, I'd gone through... I, uh, I mean, a huge piece of my story was when I was 10 years old, I started this, perfor- like this performance mentality yeah. because of my brother going yes. and yeah. my dad being gone and all of these things. And I never mourned those losses. Right. So here I am, a 26-year-old dude, married, um, living across the country, uh, trying to figure out how to be a husband, a man. Yeah. Uh, just an adult period. Right. Um, and had never done that. Right. Had never let myself feel that. Yeah. Um, so it was a process. Uh, but it was an amazing process that got me here. Yeah. And I don't, and I truly believe that if I wouldn't have gone through that, I wouldn't be where I am. Right. We wouldn't be where we are. Mm. Um, and it was all because that, I mean, that hard love. Yeah that Carissa provided. Right. It's so beautiful. I can't remember so. how much you like Need to Breathe. I love Need to Breathe. Hard, that that album is a hard love. Hard love. Yeah, so good. Let's jump into our equipping section. Uh, I think we've uh, touched a lot on stories. We might jump into uh, another story highlight, but uh, we'll jump straight into equipping. We are going to take a quick break and listen to this week's sponsor. With over a decade of professional experience in the Sioux Empire, voted number one in local best surveys for eight consecutive years, Select Painting is South Dakota's largest painting company. I am honored to say that whilst SP continues to impact the lives of their employees and customers as they grow, the company relentlessly aims to deepen their vision of transforming lives growing in excellence. I have the honor of witnessing the owners, managers, and painters continue to practice the values of family, fun, grit, and growth in a way that changes the atmosphere of every job site they work on. In February, Select Painting is offering a special Painter for a Day package while continuing to give free estimates to residential customers. Select Painting is also at the beginning of their recruiting season while hiring positions for commercial and residential for the spring, summer, and fall. Thank you again, SP, for all you do to make this podcast a reality. And that's this week's sponsor. I get tell stories on that. Sorry, you good. All right, so we are gonna jump in, and uh, and we just we love the audience. Thank you everyone for listening, and uh, I try to make these podcasts as authentic as possible. It's it's really easy once I press play, to uh, to have a certain thing happen. It's hard to explain, but uh, uh, I genuinely love uh, being able to have our guests as comfortable as possible, and so uh, TJ. Thank you so much for processing your story with us and uh, super vulnerable. I just honor you for the ways that you were vulnerable. And uh, as we start to kind of dissect, as we look for the gold, there's so much going on um, 
in your story, uh, your, 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 your family and, um, and, you know, for those of you know, the audience who don't know you, they don't, they don't get to see what I get to see on a weekly basis. And just a man of integrity, walking it out, learning, being humble. Um, so I get to toot your horn and, uh, praise God in the process. So with all that said, what are some things that stick out to you from, from those stories that you would want to encourage uh, our, our listeners, you know, future entrepreneurs, future, you know, men and women in ministry, business leaders, what are some things that you've genuinely went deep in to understand, whether reading, whether practicing, what is it? And I'm going to try to avoid success as much as possible right now. But that is somewhat of what I'm trying to ask. But I don't think that's exactly what I'm asking. Like, I'm not saying what's made you successful. I'm asking what, where have you gone deep in that's allowed this fruit and mm. allowed in, in, the, in just these results, these natural things that are now coming I know it's a loaded question. I'm not. I'm gonna to try to leave it open ended, and if if you need me to ask a more pointed question, I will. But I'm gonna to try to leave it as open as possible for creativity and. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot. Just yeah. like what you were saying. I mean, I could I could go for every point of the story yeah. and be like, hey, here's a nugget. Hey, yeah. here's a nugget. Um. And that's not to toot my own horn either. Right. That is just, there are things in everybody's story, yes. right? Where God yes. is working, God is moving in ways that you don't even understand. There are things I didn't see yeah. then that I see now. And yeah. um, I think a big part of my story is is understanding that God has a bigger plan that we don't get, we don't understand in the moment. Um, there was a lot of frustration through those years. There was a lot of disheartedness, yeah. um, if that's a word. <laughs> it's close enough. <laughs> um, a lot of frustration uh, that I just didn't, was confused by why and uh, what was going on yet. And not to say that I've made it, I've figured it all out, but right. I've gotten to a point where there's an understanding that God does have a plan that I don't get. And, and I am a witness of that. I really am. <clears throat> and we, it's funny, we were just talking about this tonight um, at youth group before we came here. God God has a bigger plan. Like, um, Just the, the little analogy that you kind of shared was so cool hmm. um, about, well, what happens when God doesn't answer right then and there, right? When we're praying and... Um, we, the analogy of, of having a daughter, cause that, that speaks for us and, um, her being hungry yeah. in the afternoon, late afternoon before dinner time and she wants to eat. Right. But we're like, well, it's not dinner time yet. Right. <laughs> Let's wait for dinner time. And, uh, that was something where I was thinking through that. I was praying through that kind of into it. Cause you kind of put me on the spot. I did. and it's such a cool way to think about it how awesome is god's love in that and it's like nope you don't quite get it i'm going to love you 
in the way I know that's best for you in this moment. Yeah. And then we're going to eat here in an hour. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be good and it's mm-hmm. going to be what's best for you. Mm-hmm. And for that piece to enter into my story yeah. and think of like the prayer of like, God, I want a youth ministry. God, I want this. God, I want to be a leader. Yeah. Well, it wasn't that it wasn't the answer, right? right? It wasn't that that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. It's that, hold on, let's wait an hour. Yeah. And then we'll go eat. Yeah. And it'll be really good for you. That's awesome. I totally see that connection. Yeah. And so that's that's one, um, I think... A big piece was that final piece I shared about mourning, loss. I think we, in this world of distraction, of busyness, of success, um, we kick into fight or flight. And um, oftentimes we go down this road so far that we forget the the lesson that God's teaching or the feeling that's attached Mm -hmm. to these things, these losses. Um, and that was something that was really big for me. Um, so those are, those are just a couple things. I mean, that were huge. Yeah. Um, I want to share as well and we'll go back and forth here. This equipping section is really in time to have a conversation around, you know, what, what do we what do we what do we sense God moving in this conversation and, and what are ways that we can genuinely take uh, history and apply it to now and not only apply it for right now in this moment but for the future and uh, the, the, the the facts of life are that um, history impacts the future and so the thing that sticks out to me the most is by far your marriage. And uh, I think that's what's drawn me to you over these years more and more. And uh, and I've never even met Carissa, right? I don't think I've ever officially wow, met her. Wow, you haven't. So, uh, but I've, I've, I just, uh, I hear the way you speak of her, you know, in, in, in front of the youth, the way that you speak of uh, her at, uh, at, at any public setting, um, such as this, for example, and uh, powerful and loyal and tender and yet assertive. <laughs> uh, she just seems to have so many unique qualities of a woman that, um, that just encourages me um, because I know you and, and know just this unique... Um, you have to have both. Um, a, a wife has to bring a certain um, part that the that that the man might not have, and uh, and and it, and you become one, and um, and so uh, I see your strengths, and I don't necessarily see your weaknesses. Um, just I just don't get to see those things as much in just the settings that we're in because we're we're kind of. In our settings where we work together, it's mm-hmm. kind of our times to be strong and mm-hmm. for the people that we're leading. Um, but uh, anyways, it's just cool to see uh, you guys come together over all these years and be just super transparent 
with your story um, because you being able to share what you shared publicly like that where she could listen to this testifies that that means that there's a strong enough relationship happening at home where she trusts you to share this information. And, uh, and I have that type of relationship with my wife as well. And, and I just know, I know how powerful that is for, for my own marriage and how we're able to share our testimony and share hard things. And um, we can't get into the, all the details and all the stuff but we can we can share things like we've almost been divorced too and be honest about that with with people and not shy away from those hard conversations because we've overcome them and um and if they ever came at us again like we've had victory in those things and so um yeah i i was recently listened to a sermon that uh that talked about the um the divorce rate in America is not actually one in two. In the 80s, apparently, there was a study that went out that was a research article that based on the current trends in the 80s of marriage, they were predicting that if those trends continued, that in the 2020 era, there would be a one in two marriage ratio and that was a research article it wasn't fact and now today we've had 20 years of this research article telling us that it's one in two right one out of five five out of ten or whatever that math is anyways i'm horrible at math for those of you who don't know that uh anyways (laughs) uh the point is the good news is that marriage in America specifically is not as bad as they say it is and that there are actually way more thriving marriages than there are divorce rate marriages. And uh, we just happen to hear a lot more around the idea of like, uh, oh, well, did you hear, you know, that person got divorced? You know, we, we, we all know about five, but then we all know about 50 that are still married. But we're not going around saying, they're still married. Oh, look at them. They're still married. Like, we just don't do that as people. Mm-hmm. So I'm really encouraged by the way that, that you have maintained your relationship and, uh, and fought through hard things. And, I, and anyone listening, whether you're single or whether you're married, um, I think for both TJ and I, you know, we're... Uh, we're doing this podcast kind of late in the evening. We have our we have our very clear set schedule of what our weeks look like, and you know, TJ was sharing Tuesdays and Wednesdays are late for him, and uh, for for um, my family schedule, it's it's Tuesdays and Fridays are my late nights, um, and then we try to have a really clear schedule for the rest of the week as far as quality time and and being with our family. So. That's what I wanted to kind of highlight as far as in this equipping section that really stood out to me. And I've seen the fruit of that not, o- in, not only in my life, but also in, in your life. Um, anything else that, um, that we want to kind of highlight for, uh, for those to kind of think about? Um, practical tools, spiritual tools that they could practice with going forward 
Man, there there are a lot. Uh, that means a lot what you say about my marriage. Um, hmm. Thank you. We've been we've been through a ton, uh, right. and we're not through it. To be clear, I mean there is a lot that we have to figure out, and that's okay. I think that's been the the battle cry, right? Yeah. It's like, we do hard things. Yes, I've heard you say that, I think. Yeah. Right? Isn't that kind of like a mantra? Yeah, we do hard things. (laughs) Let's embrace the hard thing. Like, there are are growth steps to that as well. Yeah. Um, But being okay with the hard thing, growing in the hard thing, embracing the hard thing. Yeah. um, All different steps. uh, Yeah to the maturing of relationships, of personal growth, of all of that. Right. And, um, hmm. No, I appreciate that a lot. That's good. Um, That's good. I, I think of, like, you, you spoke, well, we both spoke well of Carissa. Yeah. You haven't met her. Right. <laughs> I know her pretty well. <laughs> um, but there are a lot of people that ask that question, What like, what... And it's not only her, it's her whole family, um, her siblings, etc. They ask, like, why are they different? What's the, what's the difference? It's so funny to ask them the question, too. Yeah. And um, I, I was talking to her brother one day about a year ago. And I was like, what is the difference? His name is BJ. I'm so glad we're digging into this. Because as, as I was starting to naturally kind of process, I'm like, wow, okay. The, the 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 strengths that I just t- said about TJ, or about Carissa, they're they're kind of TJ's strengths too. Like, wait a second, yeah. this is unique. So go ahead. And well, thank you. I don't feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no. So I'm having this conversation with BJ, and uh, he was like, "I'm so sick and tired of people trying to find the secret sauce." Hmm. He's like, "It's the Holy Spirit." Hmm. The Holy Spirit is the secret sauce. And and how true that is. Hmm. When we walk in the presence of the Holy Spirit, there's something different. Hmm. And people want to define that. Right. And, right. and how beautiful that is. When we can figure that out in our identity, in our understanding of who we are... Yeah then there is something different and it speaks. It's not it's not standing on the corner with a megaphone. It's not it's not preaching from the pulpit. It's not it's not anything like that. It's simply hey there's something different about that person. Hmm. There's something different about that family. What is yeah. it? Well it's the Holy Spirit and his presence. Come on. And he's not scary. No. And he's not he's not uh condemning right he's He's, tender and powerful yeah and and that's the part assertive right yeah and and he he loves well he loves beautiful and and the the thing that i'm learning now is the power part that you were talking about and and what that what that really is like and and how how great he is and how he moves and just the testimony that he brings and mm. um so yeah that's so good i love that that is a spiritual and practical tool like 
he is everything. Yeah, yeah so true. Hmm. I want us to speak briefly into uh, potentially a controversial topic. That'll be fun. Um, you and I come from a, u- a uniquely similar but different background as far as where we started our faith journey. And, I see where you're going. And, and <laughs> our conversations, understanding the Holy Spirit from a, from a, a doctrinal place of how he moves. And from your experience, specifically with Carissa, how, how has, how, you know, in, in the camps you've gone on and, and just the, the way you've experienced the Holy Spirit, um, how has that looked from reading about him, you know, as a, and, and, and engaging with him as a high schooler? And, and obviously you had a lot of movement. Um, none of those things can really do much um, without his you know, blessing and without his, you know, activity. So how have you seen the Holy Spirit engage through your experience over the last years? And um, without getting, you know, in a place of like dissension or creating like disunity in the body, but like where you're landing in a place of encouraging us to invest and encouraging us to like think you know about the holy spirit from how from where you've come from and where you are and where you might see yourself can you just unpack that a little and i know that might be a whole another podcast for a whole another day but we're already here so <laughs> so where do you want to go with with uh, with be, is being as being as genuinely like brief and yeah but also authentic as possible oh man um i think i i grew up in an understanding and belief in the trinity God, Son, Holy Spirit. Come on. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I feel as if we practiced Father, Son very, very well. Yeah. We worshiped God the Father. Yeah. We believed in Jesus' saving grace. Yeah. Holy Spirit was something... Like, I... I I notice I call it Holy Spirit, not Holy Ghost. I think that's very true of today's society, culture, because ghost is such a... Negative, weird, Negative, scary. weird, exactly. Um, fearful yeah. uh, term. and um, So it was always something, uh, not necessarily that I was scared of, but I just didn't go down that road. Right. right? Um, and then, I mean... Yeah, there's a lot to that story, a lot yes. to that question. Yes, there is. Uh, <laughs> it goes so many places, but what I've realized and and what I'm growing in even to this day yeah. is, or even more probably yeah. today than any other day, but I like, I am realizing he's always moving, right? Yeah. He's always He's always growing. He's always doing things in our lives that we don't, it's just a matter of an, of, acknowledgement come on right right and 
and in understanding that he is our identity now. Yeah. Like, hmm. he, like, uh, just, there's so many things, right? Yeah. But yeah. the Holy Spirit is in us. Yeah. We as sons and daughters of the Father, yeah. who was saved by Jesus, the Son, now the Holy Spirit lives in us. And yeah. we have the authority that Jesus had on earth. Yeah. And now we get to walk in that and we get to experience that and do things greater than he. Yeah. Like that was always something I didn't, I was like, what? Right. Like, and, and here I am now realizing that that's so true. And, and I think there, you're right. There, there is dissension that can happen, but I think it doesn't have to. Hmm. I think there is an understanding of he works daily, right? There is an understanding of that, an acknowledgement of that, a walking in that. Yeah. And then there's also a labeling of it, right? Yeah. Uh, and you can, you, we want to label and define everything yeah, in right. today's society. Yeah. And and that's the beautiful thing. You brought up the camps. Um, that's the beautiful thing about this, these camps that I go to. And we can talk for days and yeah. years on these camps. <laughs> yes. But there... You want to just name one just so there's just a yeah. little bit of transparency? Yeah. It doesn't sound a little... Yeah. Bit... I, it's, not, it's not a cult. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, unless you go to the true definition of cult, which... Anyway, sorry. Sidetrack. Sidetrack. Uh, CFO, Camps Farthest Out, yeah. uh, started 95 years ago, um, is now a nationwide international organization. Yeah. Um, it's actually how Carissa and I met. I was, I was hosting, or I was working at a camp that was hosting Kansas CFO, and Carissa was actually the head speaker awesome. at that camp. And that's, so anyway, that's where this comes from. But there's this idea, there's this, like, there's a difference about this camp compared to any other camp I've ever been to. And I've been okay. to a lot of camps being in youth ministry and, and just growing in this. And that makes sense. Um, I was just like, what is different? And that was even the conversation with BJ. Wow. Um, was like, what is it? What is it that the that that is different here? And it was the same answer, right? It's wow. the Holy Spirit. And there's a walk like there's a walking in it. There's an understanding of it um, that isn't labeling. That isn't... It's just do. Faith. It's just being. Like, yeah. like instead of... like So, I mean, simple... Like, oh, you're sick? Okay, let's pray. Hmm. It's not like, oh, let's have a, a healing prayer service. Like, let's just pray. Yeah. Because that's what... That's what we're called to do. Right. It says pray for the sick in the Bible. And and then there's healings. Yeah. And or like God, uh, like you feel this stirring in your heart and you're like, oh, something's wrong with that girl. She just doesn't right. seem good. Right, right. I'm going to go pray for her. Right. And you pray for her. And you speak into this girl's life in a way that you didn't even know you were capable of because the Holy Spirit's working in you and you didn't even know it. But you were trustworthy enough or yeah. courageous enough or whatever you want to go up to this girl and just pray. Yeah, that's so good. And like, I think we can get caught up in the labels and like super 
emotionalize everything. Yeah. Yeah. And we can totally back away from it all. Right. There are there's a spectrum. Yes, there is. And I just like any spectrum, there's a balance. I agree. And being able to find that balance and walk in the understanding of how great and how powerful and how tender and how uh awesome yeah holy spirit is yeah. in us yeah and we can then walk in that yeah i want to speak a little bit in my um experience uh around the holy spirit uh in greek there's a couple words for time there's there's chronos and kairos and in uh circles i have run with in the past we have uh kairos groups and these Kairos groups are meant to be groups where we say God is coming in that time. It's very much his time. And Kronos is the idea of a linear time. It's kind of like a timeline uh, straight across where Kairos is kind of up and down. God's coming down um, onto a Kronos, a linear line. And so what I've experienced in, in my walk with God and, and understanding the Holy Spirit and how he's moving, it, it reminds me of how he moved on the earth uh, when it was void. It says the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the abyss. And to this day, when the Holy Spirit is somehow everywhere at all times, and he's still somehow in each individual person who has called on the name of Jesus, said he's Lord. And somehow the Holy Spirit can both indwell individual people. And yet he's, I believe, still hovering the earth everywhere. And my experience has been when I'm engaging with people who either know the Lord or don't know the Lord, there's something that happens. There's this Kronos moment, or Kairos moment, excuse me. There's this Kairos moment. And the best way I can explain that is it's like heavenly gravity comes. And instead of worldly gravity, where there's this earth core and there's this, there's this core in the middle of the earth and it's gravity and it's pulling me down and down to, you know, what, well, down to the pit of despair in some ways, you know, if you just let the world pull down on you, you're going to end up on your, you know, back or your stomach or on your face and you're going to be hopeless. Um, the flip side of that is, I think what the Holy Spirit does, which he applies heavenly gravity on moments where he pulls us up just a little bit depending on how much we are aware of the moment, aware of the, the kairos that happens, he pulls us up and our spirits just, just lift a little bit and maybe a lot. And we experience this like heavenly like, whoa, I am meant for a lot. And it's that heavenly gravity that comes and I think that's because the Holy Spirit comes over us and he hovers. Even if he's in us, 
I still think he can hover mysteriously because I think we can have more and more and more of the Holy Spirit, even as Christians, I think. I'm not sure. You know, I'll get some calls probably later on this, correcting my theology. But uh, I think he hovers over our, over our moments, over our fellowship, and he brings us in unity to what heaven's calling us and what heaven's doing, which is worshiping God. And so what I want to just highlight is, is this idea of, of the Holy Spirit's looking for people. And, uh, and, and I've got to walk with you now for years, and, and I've got to see the Holy Spirit just hover over our time. And this is another example of getting to do this podcast with you where it's amazing, man. It's so good. And I just, uh, and I've really looked forward to this time. And so, um, without, uh, without saying too much more, um, we'll, uh, we'll get into our challenge section. So after talking to TJ now for what seems like a long time, but it's amazing how short it really is. The biggest thing I want to share as far as a challenge is for all of us to be aware and to think about how many times a day God hovers over us and invites us to be in relationship with him. That heavenly gravity that I mentioned, I want you to think about for yourself are you aware of that? And for those who you might know in your life who are far from the Lord or they're one foot in, one foot out, and they're not responding to the Holy Spirit the way that they could, I just want us to be in prayer together that we would all respond in affection and in love um, for each other that that we want to take every chance we can to grow together and to fellowship with the Holy Spirit, to fellowship with each other. The passings we have in the hallway with our colleagues, our coworkers, any moment could be a moment where the Holy Spirit wants to bring us closer to Him. And so... I know that our God is good and kind and full of mercy, but my biggest fear is that many will not ever respond to the Holy Spirit hovering over them and ask the Holy Spirit into their life, that they won't call on Jesus as Lord and invite him as a friend into their life. And so... As I shared in previous podcasts, one morning I woke up when I was 21 years old, similar to TJ, and I just said, what am I doing in my life? And I got on my knees and I said, God, if you're real, please do something in me. And he did. And it wasn't anything that I did other than ask him. And so I believe I responded in the smallest way by faith to a heavenly gravity over my life. And I hope that you can do that today. If you haven't, 
that you can have that time of prayer again if you if you haven't had it in a long time that you know that you haven't fallen from grace that you can ask again and again and God's going to be there the same way he was the first time so if you've walked away from the Lord you can definitely continue to go back to him and if you've never asked God into your life this is a chance to do that so I really hope that for those who are listening and you know this might be a good episode to share with one of your friends um, and one of your friends is now listening and you are that friend, I hope that this could change everything for you. That's, that's the desire of this podcast. That's the desire is that no matter where you are, if you're working a blue collar trade job, if you're a business leader, you're a CEO, if you're a leader in some capacity at school or in your workplace, or if you're an entrepreneur and you're at the top of your game and you are just doing amazing things, I hope that this podcast can find anyone and be encouraging to them and equip them and challenge them to have everything change in their life. So thanks so much for receiving that word of encouragement and I hope it finds you well. I asked TJ for a final word on his heart just regarding this time together. It was very vulnerable, and I have a few thoughts uh, on that for the outro, but uh, here's TJ with some final thoughts. I think there were a lot of nuggets through that whole story um, of like real tangible practical things to to learn um to grow in things like that 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 I learned and grew through um and I think what I oh the final thing I want to say is is how truly thankful I am for my wife for Carissa for how how she taught me what hard love looks like how she taught me how real love looks in a way that I never understood, grew in, saw. And I just, I can't even describe how thankful and real that was for me. So that's really what I, I want to share in the end here is just how grateful I am. Um, so yeah, love you, Carissa. There you go. There it is. Perfect touch. Thank you so much, TJ. And, uh, I'll get to see you throughout the week next week. And, uh, our audience will have to wait till next time. Peace. Hey everyone. I hope you've enjoyed our conversation with TJ. Before I let you go, I want to quick share some updates from the TLGE network. Specifically, I want to thank those who have contributed to the meal trains. We've officially completed two meal trains now, one for the Chase family and another for the Youthy family. And we did our best 
And I am so thankful for those who contributed in prayer and and financial support, bringing food over both of those families. It was their first baby. And so I'm so thankful for those who contributed. And uh, if you didn't get a chance to contribute this time around, I'm sure there'll be another meal train in the future and you can get on board then. So thank you again for all those who contributed to the meal trains. Next week, I'll be sharing our um, updates for the month of March and the events that we'll have. And I'll share just a little bit of the experience at the corn concert that we had uh, last week. So we'll look forward to those things. Thank you so much again for all you do to support the TLGE Network podcast. Have a good day. Hey everyone, our outro song this week is going to be Refiner by Maverick City Music. Thanks so much for listening and have a great week. Hi, what's up?